0: At Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, Park, California. And uh, we continue on with our study of uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 28 to 5, 1. As today, as you see the outline of our journey, uh, we will be talking about uh, the commandments, uh, the law and the gospel, the tension. Uh, We're going to be speaking of uh, the the, the war to which we face, uh, though we are redeemed and new, we still face that old flesh, and also how to be imitators of Christ, uh, to be imitators mimicking God. How does that even work? Well, we'll talk about it today, and uh, why don't we begin with a word of prayer. And dearly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, uh, grant us joy as we study your word, invigorate our study, and grant us your faith as we uh, faithfully discern and understand and humbly submit to what your word says. Bless us, edify us through this study, and grant us your never-ending joy in the gift of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Again, Pastor Jung here. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and 5. If you've so by chance missed some of our Bible studies, they're always archived. No need to panic. It's always there for you. Join us on our YouTube channel. Add, subscribe, uh, ring the bell notification marker so that you can uh, be aware of all the material that we're bringing out every week. Again, four or five times a week, we have new stuff. Um, and there's so many different ways to which we can meditate on God's Word. Use them for your own benefit, and I'm glad you, yes, that's you, you, you are here. I'm glad you're here with me today. May this be so good for you. All right, today, Ephesians chapter 4 and 5. Um, what are we talking about today in the sense of the context? Now, Paul is encouraging the Ephesians that the faithful uh, Christians, uh, the converts, uh, that they, he is reminding them that they are new. That is extranos, outside of self, outward, Jesus, death and resurrection, the cross, an empty tomb. Um, of course, outward again is Uh, the gift of holy baptism? That in this outward gift that God has given to them, they have been, uh, not only their sins drowned, but they have been made new uh, by the fruits of the cross in the newness of this life, in his resurrection, in the water and word of holy baptism, outward to in. And I guess this uh, this arrow should be more gospel-centered, sorry guys, um, it should be like this, that it is outward to in, God coming to us, right, God coming to us by his grace, for there is no other way to which we are saved only by the grace of God through the salvation of Jesus Christ. All right, so he is telling the disciples, you are new, but in this newness, you face still the old flesh until your last breath and also until his return, final return, um, that in this newness, yes, you are redeemed, you are new, but yet you face and you see a battle that you've never seen before. Right? That's the thing, you know, uh, in darkness, if you are in the dark and more darkness is around you, uh, you, will, you will not be aware of that as you are uh, deeply entrenched in that darkness, right? But when you live in the light, the newness of life, Jesus, gospel-free gift for you, extra nose, outside yourself, not your own doing, not your own merits, not, nothing of you. All by the Holy Spirit, who has given you faith by that very word in Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Anyways. What was I saying? Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, what was I saying? I totally forget. But the point is, what is the point here? Uh, Where am I going here? Um, I totally forgot. Anyways. uh, The point is, is that in this newness of life, as who we are uh, status-wise in our identity as children of God, Now we see the old, right? There is a distinction between what is old and new. And as new life Christians, we see that distinction because we are in the light. We see the law for what it is. We see the old flesh that wars against each and every one of us. You know, the Christian life, as we talked about on Sunday, if you check out that Bible study about uh, suffering, yeah, we we face a, a whole different life. And there are moments where, yes, we we face that tentatio, that, that spiritual battle. We see in verse 27 right here. And give no opportunity to the devil, right? Because the devil is what? We talked about it last week. A prowling lion ready to devour. 1 Peter 5, 8. And in the newness of life that you are living right now, blessed and redeemed by the blood of Christ... Here, Saint Paul is warning and, and teaching the Ephesians what they are really facing, and how. Uh, well, how not only do we should we ought to face it, but in the midst of this battle, uh, where do we lean? Where do we rest? Who do we trust and find great peace and comfort in? Right. So uh, here we see in Ephesians chapter four and five. Uh, that tension, and all of us in the Christian life uh, face this. Again, friends, it's not about your own self-righteousness. It's not about how you become, you try your best to become closer to God, or or you try your hardest to appease Him by your works. No, this is. We will today. We will talk about how we reconcile all these different thoughts we have about our old nature, and, and also. Um, how we ought to live in this new life, and what that looks like, uh, but at the end of the day uh, um, how uh, what is it how we uh, definitely uh, trust um, in what our Lord has done for us in christ jesus and and this is the tension that we face you know we, we talk about the law and the gospel right that that pendulum. Um, We we know what we have to do, the law shows us our sin, we fall short, what do we do after that? In faith, right? In faith we repent. Our old self will just simply do what? Continue to live in darkness without any type of contrition. That is, sorrow for our sin. That is, we. uh, our old nature says, I don't want to live in front of God, I live under my own name, right? Um, I live as I please because I am my own little God. Now, this new life is what? It's not being perfect in your own work in a sense of, I need to walk on angels and be perfect. Now, we strive to do those very things, but we St. Paul is inevitably showing us the danger that we see now and how, yeah, we do fall short. But yet, in this fall shortness, what do we do? In faith, in the new life, we see our sin for what it is. We see the darkness. And what do we do now? We repent. Not your work, but again, Through faith, the new life. You repent, confess, uh, and there you rest in the gospel. Law, gospel. And we're going to talk about that whole prevailing theme throughout our text today. Okay, verse 28. Let the thief, if you have your Bible out, please get it out. Follow along with me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need, right? Let the thief no longer steal. Now, yes, the act of stealing is, is uh, we talk about the seventh commandment, and that is the blatant neglect of our neighbor's possessions. That when we steal, we fail to see the love of neighbor, Again, the tension that we face in this new life, Christian, that inwardly, uh, what happens? We, we face that tension of, uh, of, of saying, me, 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 and, and there in this me, me, me-ness, we are just doing what? We are, we are looking out for ourselves, we are taking from our neighbor without any... Any uh, uh, care for what, their, what belongs to them and what their possessions are, uh, we take, 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 because we're trusting in the inward. The devil is here in this tension, always saying, take, 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 uh, you are number one in your life, you need things more than anyone else, and you need to take, take, take. It's all about me, me, and more me. Right? And St. Paul saying, no one is immune. We're all born into sin, all of us, right? And St. Paul is really showing us the tension in the midst of the new life, that these temptations are real. And we all face them in so many different ways. If it's not stealing, it could be uh, the fourth commandment. It could be the third commandment about God's word. It could be about, yes, the fourth commandment, God's representatives. It could be about the fifth commandment, God's gift of life. All these are, the commandments show us the tension to which we see these commandments and how they do convict us um, when we do fall short. Um, Again, our old nature, if we're stuck in our old nature without the new... um, no, we live as we please, and we, we do, as, as the world says, you do you. And that's how we live in the old nature, right? But in the new life, what happens? We see, we see what we're doing, and it does convict us that we are neglecting our neighbor's livelihood and possessions. And um, St. Paul also shows us uh, what this new life is all about. That is to labor, honest work, and to have service to others. Again, the nature of the Outward. Not inward, but outward. That outward centered on Christ and what he has done for us. Outward coming to us by his free grace for the forgiveness of our sins. But also, uh, as we talk about outward, service to one another. First commandment, fear, love, and trust God above all things. That we shall have no other gods. Because the God outside of ourselves uh, brings to us the Savior Jesus Christ. There in the outward we go and proceed and use our hands. For what? Not stealing. We don't use our hands for stealing, but we use our hands for labor, as honest work for service to others. You know, friends, uh, when you talk about your life, and uh, for, you, uh, uh, for you folks out there who are uh, younger, let's say, who are aspiring in life to do a certain thing, and, and of course, uh, those who are older, who are uh, currently having uh, many and different uh, careers and vocations in life, we always have to remember our driving force in a sense of why do we labor? Is it for our own? Is it to line our own pockets? Is it is it to amass the wealth and the possessions that we want for ourselves to give us this temporal life security? Now, again, none of that is innately wrong. Right. In a sense of uh, that, we do need the daily bread. But when it becomes a form of idolatry, again, back to the tension of the first commandment, we know that there we are uh, falling short to the glory of God in our sin. Um, and um, as I always tell my kids, your work that you're studying to do in school as you're studying hard, it's not just to succeed for yourself. It's simply to be the best that God has called you to be in your given field to love and serve your neighbor. That's your push to study hard for your neighbor outward, right? Because this is what God has called us to do. This is the new life. Now, for example, if my kids say, well, I want to do this because it makes a lot of money. I'm like, that's great. But why, why do you want to make a lot of money? Right. And that's a temptation, right? But rather, I always tell them, yes, make a lot of money so that you can use this money for your neighbor, right? Again, this is all the picture of the new life that God has given to us. Now, do we face this temptation of the old even as new? Yes, we do. St. Paul is saying, discern, discern what is going on. Don't just live on the surface in the physical realm in a sense of, okay, okay, I love money. Or, so I'm going to steal it, right? Uh, I'm going to take from the store. Uh, I don't care who it affects because I need it. Uh, Or, I'm just going to manipulate and and get the better of this deal, um, and uh, who will ever know? It's subtle, right? Who is it going to hurt? It's subtle. No one will ever know because of that subtle manipulation that I have in this dealing that I'm uh, doing with a company, right? But again, um, here we see the tension. And that is what St. Paul is really showing us, that we see a newfound tension that we've never seen before as we, as the Ephesians were once, left in their, or lived in their pagan life. And in that pa- life of paganism, it was just all of this. And that's what it was, living on the surface, living in the flesh, as if this is all there was, living ultimately inwardly, right? All right, so how do we use our hands? The old and new, the tension, right? When we fall short, what do we do? As new life Christians, law convicts us. We repent, confess our sins, and there God is faithful and just. And what does it say in First John? He will forgive us of all and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. He forgives us of our sins. by the blood of the cross, Jesus Christ, a crucifixion, what he has done for us. And there, in the joy, we, in this newness of life, as we daily live in our baptism... We see our vocation in a totally different way to use our hands, our labor, honest work for the service to others. This is what God has called me to do because I live under his name. I'm not living inwardly orphaned and separated from God as if I'm on my own little island trying to figure this out for myself, but rather because I'm under his blood, because I'm under his promise because he has called me by name and, and I am his all by the gift of the water and word of holy baptism. There I rest. In the newness of life, seeing this life of significance in Christ Jesus. Okay. Verse 29. um, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. All right. So verse 29. What do we see right here? The Eighth Commandment. Do not bear false testimony, right? We are to use our words for good, rather than talking or speaking words of corruption, of gossip, right? Um, the whole toothpaste metaphor about uh, you can't take back what you say after the toothpaste is out of the tube. It's just there, right? St. Paul knows the sin of the lips, he knows the sin of our corrupt and gossiping speech, right? Again, another tension that he Brings out to the Ephesians as they live in the new life. The devil, the flesh, the world is warring against you in this spiritual battle, and it's important to know what you are facing. And here is another example of what they are facing, is uh, uh, of this eighth commandment of gossip, right? That The insidious nature of our words in the inward flesh of me, me, me is a pumping up of our own pride, right? Pumping up of our own self-reputation. Remember, Eighth Commandment is what? God's gift of reputation, of good reputation. We are called to uphold the reputation of others as we are to build them up right? We see this tension, but yet, you know, we always go into the guys, you know, I'm just telling it how it is, and this is what happened, and deep in our hearts, we very well know that we are gossiping, we are prideful, we are being pumped up as we're breaking other people down, as we are crushing other people's reputations. We can, our lips are very dangerous. Our words can destroy. Our words can really uh, debilitate uh, one other's reputation, can tarnish and really destroy one's our neighbor's lively, livelihood, right? Um, and um, our words mean a lot, right? So when we talk about this tension as we speak, our inward nature is, uh, is there warring against us, and there as we fight this tension every single day, uh, we very well know what God has called us to do in the newness of life. Again, to build one another up. Now, again, as we see all this tension you guys, this is not what you are doing, right? We we got to be clear here. This is not you telling yourself I have to do this. Rather, through the gospel in Christ Jesus, the forgiveness of your sins. There in the joy that God has given to you in his forgiveness as he forgave you first. There by the power of the Holy Spirit bearing fruit There you go on in the joy of the Lord, serving um, one another in these various ways. Right? See, I I love this text because St. Paul doesn't hide anything. He doesn't, um, he shows us what really is at hand. And at the end of the day, we are all broken, right? Me and you. Um, we, We all fall short. But yet our faith in this new life is of Christ. After all, that's why we're new, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us first, right? And our faith is in his blood, his work, his death and resurrection, right? And there in this new life, we proceed by this very word, not to prove to God, not to measure up as if we have to negotiate our salvation, but rather because we are already there in the joy of the Lord as our cup overflows, Psalm 23. The Good Shepherd text. There we use in our being as children of God, as his beloved children, the words to edify, the words to build up. For example, water cooler chat. Oh, this and that. Oh, that Johnny over there. Oh, you know. Oh, you know him. He's he's so off his rocker. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, oh, he's such a bad guy. You know what he did the other night? Oh, man, I can't believe he did that, right? And at that water cooler talk, in that hypothetical situation, there, rather than... Adding fuel to the avalanche of that gospel, or that gossip, sorry, uh, we should step in there and see, wait, what's happening here in the tension of man? Right? It's all about pride, gossip, these swords coming out, cutting down someone else's reputation, and we are there to say, wait, well, why don't we talk to Johnny, see how he's doing? Um, uh, this is probably not the uh, best way to, to speak about Johnny behind his back, but we should go to him and see how he's doing. Maybe we can help him um, out with whatever he's dealing with, right? Words to build up another's reputation. Your words are important, friends. And as Christians, um, your words, yeah, this is the tension that we face. Or, you know, gossip is so easy, right? Gossip, it's such a, it's such a, ooh, right? It's such a gross thing. But yet, uh, we all are guilty of it. Again, the tension there in the newness of life, we repent. We confess our sins. And there the Lord is faithful and just and will forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. Right? Again, don't you see that tension of the old and the new? Okay, uh, verse uh, 30. What does it say right there? Uh, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of Redemption. Um, yes, when we turn from God, this is who is grieving, the Holy Spirit who has called you into this grace. Right? The Holy Spirit grieves when we turn and sin against God. This is not God that's just saying, okay, now, now, just be better. No, this is a God who, who does not like sin, who hates sin, who is grieving, right? Uh, when we do fall short in our sin and turn from God. This is the tension that is at hand. Our perfect Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, our Lord grieving. Um, and, and again, this is, this is uh, what is happening in our new spiritual life in Christ Jesus. Um, yeah. All right. Verse 32. Uh, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. All right. So, again, at the end of the day, when we talk about uh, the, the tension of the old and the new, there we know that it always ends on who? Does it end on you to do this? No. It always is about Christ. We all have fallen short of the glory of God, and at the end of the day, we cannot measure up. Even in this tension, we cannot keep up with being new, right? But your newness is Jesus. At the end of the day, your new life will always be the redemption of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If your newness is dependent upon yourself in any which way, you got to go back to the gospel and what that gospel truly is. Very important, right? For you, justification, right? Your justification is the grace of God, a gift from God, right? That this justification is the work of Christ on the very cross who has made you new. You're not keeping yourself in this newness of life. It is Christ who keeps you by his very work. That is why when we see that tension, yes, this old and new, and and we are crushed and, and we are guilty of our sin. What opportunity does the devil give to you? He says, you're not good enough. Look how much you've done. God does not forgive you of your sins. Right? You need to figure this out. That's what the devil that says, that's what the old nature says is a war against, wars against us. But yet at the same time, in this new life, we are convicted. And what do we do in faith? In faith, in faith, in faith. Not works. But in faith, we repent. Right? In faith, we live in front of God. In faith, we know that when we sin, we fall short. We're not making excuses. We're not trying to justify what we've done, but we, we confess our sins. Right? Repentance is not a work. It's not what you do. But in this life of faith, as the law shows us our sin, we are crushed. And there in faith, we repent. Very important distinction, right? In our repentance, what do we lean upon? The newness that is Jesus. His forgiveness for your sins. Right. Again, because of that, because of the the bountiful riches of the gospel, verse thirty-two. What does it read? Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Be kind. What does it mean to be kind? You know, just based on what I just said about what Jesus has done for you, that we see the the reflection, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. The pattern, the model, right? In a sense where we know what true kindness is. It's not just a Hallmarkian platitude of, I'm a good person, I got to be good, I got to do this, I got to be kind. You know, we see that slogan be kind, being thrown out there on um, in the world by you know TV talk show hosts or social media. be kind, be kind, be kind, but what is true kindness is it Is it exuded from ourselves? Do we muster that up ourselves, or is that be kind outside of ourselves? see that 's the thing you know this newness of life is not what you bring to the table in these things, right? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that is through the gospel that there every healthy tree bears good fruit, right? I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing, John 15, 5. All this is not what you do, right? It's not your human steam or your human fleshly effort to get this done right it's through the work of god his word the newness of life the work of the holy spirit bearing fruit in your life uh, 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 what is it uh, the fruits of the spirit as we see um in um in the bible uh about the holy spirit and the, this peace love kindness gentleness patience all these things and we see it right here again be kind this kindness, this be kind, is not something you see at the Hallmark store, right? This kindness is the blood of Christ. This kindness is the one who went to the cross, lifted high upon the tree, willingly, excruciating death. He, he what's the word? He, uh, he endured all for you, for the forgiveness of your sins, so that you may be his own, right? That Jesus came into this world in his incarnation, the Word made flesh, to die for you and to forgive you of all your sins. That is newness. See, the subject of the verb to that newness is Jesus dying, Jesus rising, Jesus' grace, Jesus' humility, Jesus' sacrifice, Jesus sacrificing, Jesus dying. For the forgiveness of your sins. Jesus um, uh, dying the big death so that you may have life. This is newness. That is what makes you new. Yeah, the the devil will say you're guilty. You're not new. Look what you're doing. Look what you need to do. You can't do it. And he leads you to despair and saying, oh, surely you're not a child of God. Surely you're not forgiven of your sins. Look at your poor, miserable state in your sin." But again, newness is not about what you do. Newness is about what Christ has done for you. Take that as the utmost importance in a sense of all this. And therefore, in verse 32, be kind is a totally different picture for us Christians. That kindness is rooted in the gospel, what Jesus has done for you. That's a different kindness that is out of this world, that is outside of ourselves. Be kind in Christ, in Christ, just as you were called in Christ in holy baptism, to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. How do we know what true love is? How do we know what forgiving one another is all about? It's all derived, it's all rooted, in the work of Christ and what he has done for you. Kindness is rooted in Christ's work for you. All right. Yes. Verse 5, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, our last verse today. Be imitators of God as beloved children. All right kind of reiterating what I just said about this newness of life. Therefore, based on verse 32 and previous, be kind to one another, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. Therefore, imitate. Mimitai, right? In the Greek. Mimic. That whole uh, mimic God. But this is the key. As beloved children. As ones that are made... Nuevo, right? New. Therefore, you know, when we say imitators of God, our legalistic self will say, well, I just got to be imitating God in his ways. Like, I got to do it, right? Like, I have to take on that burden and be better and, and just strive to ascend to God and be closer to him. By my own works. I just got to imitate him better. That's how I read this, right? But no, that's not the case, right? It says right here, Therefore, because of what has been done for you, be imitators of God. Key point, ding, ding, and more ding right here. As beloved children. That is, you are loved by the blood of Christ who shed his life for you. For the forgiveness of your sins. That right now, already, you are redeemed And you already are living in the newness of life. That as the new ones, as the forgiven ones, as the new life, eternal life as a present possession, salvation with you, there you go on as children of God under the perfect Father, living in His name, imitating Him. You know, friends, the good example is this. If you have children, or if you are a child and you look at your parents, a lot of times, whether we want to admit it or not, we are imitations of those that have preceded us, or or, or, or those who um um uh, who are ahead of us. For for example, like um you know I'm I'm whether we like it or not I there are many aspects of my parents that are with me, you know the way I parent, the way I conduct myself. Um, I, I'm patterning what they've taught me. And likewise for my own children, humbly speaking, for better or for worse, they're learning everything from us parents. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, when we ask them, why is he doing that? We look in the mirror and says, oh, that's why. They're patterning what I've taught them, right? Um, and likewise, the perfect father, our Lord gives you Jesus. He loves you so much that by the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, you are forgiven of all your sins. Think about that. This is who your true Father is. And there you are, His beloved children. Free gift. And there by what he has done for us, already made new. You're not going forward to make yourself new, but in the newness of life, there you proceed in the pattern that God has given to you by his love. This is not a, okay, I've done this for you, dying on the cross for your sins, rising on the third day, I've given you your baptism, now you go and finish it. You go and fulfill your part, no. It's because we are made new, because we have been transferred over from darkness to light, from that domain of darkness to his marvelous light, that we live in this life of faith, that we live in this joy, knowing that we live because of the gospel, and there in the gospel, given to us by our perfect Father, through his unconditional love, we continue to serve in this way. Very different than just saying, i got to do this myself. Very different than saying, I got to pull up the bootstraps and figure this out for myself. and, And maybe if I just do enough, I'll be closer to God. And maybe, just maybe, he will be pleased with me. No. What comes before this is your newness. And what is with you always is your newness. And that is Jesus. That's why Jesus is everything. I always say it. And you always hear me preach it. But that newness is you covered by the blood of Christ, that though we were all born dead in sin, there our Lord rises all of us to new life, from Lazarus even to ourselves, by his very work of the gospel. And in that light of Christ, as beloved children, there we proceed. Already there, already forgiven, already in his name. All has been measured up by the one who was lifted high upon the tree. Nothing for us to prove, nothing for us to work in terms of our salvation. And there through the joy of what has been given to us, there we see that pattern, that reflection, as we continue to live, move, and have our being in Christ Jesus, as we um, joyfully love and serve in this set-free life, in this newness that Christ has already given to each and every one of us. So remember that, right? You are Christian, you are new by the outward. That is, by the one outside of yourself coming to this world, Jesus Christ, as your true sacrifice. And in that newness, imitators of God as beloved children, we continue to love by the one who loved us first. We continue to sacrifice by the one who sacrificed for us first. By his sacrifice, we are new and we proceed. What a joy this is, right? Like, I know what true love is. It's Jesus. I know what true sacrifice is. It's Jesus. And there I live in this life of faith, in this life of significance, as we continue to see this as great joy simply an opportunity to serve neighbor, not to gain spiritual badges of gold stars and, and showing God how much we've done. No. you know We're already there because the blood that covers us, the water and word that covers us says so. Right? And here we proceed in the joy of the Lord, in the resurrected life, in the newness of life. All right, let us pray. dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we know that you, in this new life, we face many tensions of the old flesh. Lord, we know that we also fall short of, our, uh, of what you have called us to do as we fall short in sin. Lord, uh, bless us in your forgiveness. Comfort us in the newness that you have given, already given through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Blessed each and every one of us in the power of the Holy Spirit in this life of faith to continue to walk in your way, to continue to be led by your word, and to be comforted by your grace. Lord, for all these things we are thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends. Uh, Thank you for joining me today. Again, this is what we've learned. Hopefully this goes well with you. Review it. Review it you've missed this section, please go back, review it, but a lot of good stuff today, a lot of applicable stuff for each and every one of you as we continue to walk in this new life in Christ Jesus. You're new. Yes, you are. Yeah, you? You are new. How do I know the blood that covers you, Jesus Christ? You are new. Thanks be to God, only by his grace. Only by His free work. Not of ourselves, nothing of me and you, but only Christ. Have a wonderful day, friends. Love you all. Praying for you all. If you ever need anything, please uh, text me, email me, message me. You You know how to reach me. Oh, you do. All right. Have a wonderful day. Until next time, adios and goodbye. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.